The following podcast is for mature audiences only. It may contain explicit language or content. If you are under the age of 18, Fortnite is calling you. Plus, this podcast will most certainly contain nudity, and you don't want to hear that. Welcome to the New with Tags podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Jamie. We are a longtime married couple enjoying the latest chapter in our lives. We hope that through sharing our personal insights and the advice we'd give our 20-year-old selves, we will encourage you to live your most authentic life wherever you are in your journey. Hey, I thought this was supposed to be a sexy podcast. And yes, there will be some fun and sexy stories while I wear my newest tag lingerie. Let's get started. What are we waiting for? Carpe diem. Seize the day. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jamie. How are you tonight? I am great. We have spent a lot of time the last two or three months with our tribe, and it has been wonderful. It has been great. Oh, my gosh. So, so great. And on top of that, you're once again in nice, sexy lingerie. This is a little black flirty number that I kind of really like. Uh, it is literally new with Tags lingerie that I bought to take with us down on vacation to Mexico, and I never wore it. So I wore lots of other lingerie, but not this. Yay. So I figured I could wear that tonight. It looks very nice. It, it's it's lacy down the front and over the shoulders, and I can't see below you now. Because <laughs> I'm sitting see, down. She's sitting down. I can't see below, so I do, that's a disservice. Hey. It is, it is sexy, though. Yes. So for those of you who care, it's a it's a flirty little black teddy, kind of a romper more than a teddy. Black lacy, eyelash fringe, sorry with the fringe on top. Sorry. Don't, okay. Don't do that again. <laughs> I will get it stuck in your head one way or another. And I am still fighting this cold I picked up when we were down at Pearl's. So as I'm laughing, I'm finding myself having to cough. My voice is now not nearly the same octave that yours is, although... Maybe we would make more people go sploosh if my voice was low too. But yeah, um, I can only hope. Yeah. So it's still a little low. And so if you hear a little wheeze in my voice, don't be afraid. Normally we start off the next segment with social media. But I think this time we need to do a special shout out, don't you? Oh, absolutely. So we have done some test recording with some new equipment that we purchased. And uh, best as I can tell, we're going to have way better sound than we had in the first three podcasts. And so a very, very huge and special and heartfelt thank you to Richard and Lauren from Room 77 podcast. Richard spent several hours with us when we were down in Mexico talking me through what to do and what equipment to buy an upgrade and it I think will make all the difference in the world and I appreciate it more than I can possibly say and of course Bob and Nikki from our Naughty Escapades who helped with the first three episodes using the cheap equipment that we bought the first time helped us get it to be as good as it could be so both of them a huge shout out I absolutely adore you all I appreciate everything that you guys do and the support you give just a great big thanks yes thank you both very very much I think you'll actually be able to hear me now, whether you want to or not. It's a different story. But there's always that. So with that, shall we move a little bit into social Let's media? Let's move into and this, media? the first real segment. This time, instead of just social media, because there's not too much hot in social media right now, but there is in media. This week, it was Lisa Ling, This Is Life. Right. It was a CNN special, and it aired several times on mainstream media. And it was about a 40, 45-minute documentary on swinging, swingers. And it was filmed in Naughty New Orleans this past year. It was, so we have not talked about it, so we've both watched it. Really, I thought it, it portrayed 
things in a very positive light. I, I found Lisa Ling actually adorable at a couple of times during the in the show, and we'll kind of get to it. But I thought it was overall very positive, and it left a positive impression, I think, on people who might have seen it. So, th- so the show starts with the opening on John and Jackie, and Lisa Ling is interviewing this this couple who live in Texas and who run the Open Love One Hundred and One website. And some clubs. Visuals before and around that when they would show clips different places just was a little sketchy at times to me. Lighting different. I mean, I'm, I'm a lighting kind of guy and it was lighting was a little unusual. It just seemed more stereotypical of what mainstream views lifestyle as hmm. early on. Interesting. Now, as it went on, I think it changed. Hmm. So well, that's that was interesting. Just my impression early on. Yeah, so that's interesting. It, it reminded, I didn't even notice. It reminded me of the, and they mentioned it later, the, the real sex. Mm, when yep. those aired on HBO, whenever that was, not that I ever watched those. No, you wouldn't watch them at all. But yeah, it reminded me a little of that early, and that's why it took me to that. Hmm. So interesting. So that's funny because I didn't even notice. Usually, I'm I like notice those things. I didn't even notice. I was more like, oh, they picked a couple that doesn't look creepy, or yeah. he didn't look like a. 70s swinger, right? So those were the things that I picked up on. You know, I thought that, again, I thought they presented a balanced view of the lifestyle. I mean, it was balanced view is probably not the right word because it was really only sort of one perspective, right, of the whole spectrum of swinging, right? This was... True. I did like that they featured four primary couples and they were all very different. Mm -hmm. I thought that was good. Mm -hmm. Well, from 20s to 70s. Mm Mm-hmm. Really, Which I thought was great. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting. I thought it was really interesting the reaction shots of Lisa Ling that they chose to put into the show. Right, so you know it's it's obviously it's shot with at least two cameras. So there's a camera on the people who she's interviewing and a camera on her. And there's one point very early where John says to Jackie, he loves watching his wife have sex with another man, and that like he really likes that and. It, it turned him on or something. I can't remember exactly what he said. And they cut to Lisa Ling's reaction. She's like, huh? Like you could just see this yeah. whole There was facing. no response to that. No. Well, and she actually said, I am usually not at a loss for words. But, but she I, was. She was at a loss for words. I think that is a very common thought for people who are either thinking about getting in the lifestyle. It's one of the things that I wouldn't have believed or expected or anticipated about this time, and we, we actually kind of talk about it, right? That I was like, I was the one who freaked out when I thought about you with someone else originally, right? Mm-hmm. I come to find that I really enjoy that now. Like I, So I just, I think it was a very common and expected reaction. I just, I, I thought that was, it was just an interesting way that they edited it. I thought it was an authentic reaction, actually. It mm-hmm. was a, she was perplexed. She was. <laughs> what do I say? Where do I go with this? Well, and even when she was talking about like, where does this happen? Like, do you go to hotels and spend the night? Or do you bring people back here? Like, oh my gosh, why would would you bring people back here to your home? And you know, they're like, yeah, pretty much everything. And she's just like, I don't get it. Like you could just see not in a judgmental way, but in a truly like, I I just don't understand this. Mm -hmm. And I will say I have I enjoyed watching her journey through that 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. um, which was certainly over more than 45 Mm -hmm. minutes in in the course of of the filming. Um, But I thought that was it was just really interesting. After Lisa interviewed John and Jackie, that's when they went down to Nin to Naughty New Orleans. Mm -hmm. 
and they're going around filming as they're setting up for this massive hotel takeover. And you could just tell she was like, they're turning conference rooms into playrooms. And had I not seen how that same kind of transformation takes place at the hotel takeover that we went to, I would have been like, you're going to put mattresses in a conference room and that's going to be really kind of Right. Until you see it and you're like, okay, this is really pretty amazing. So after, you know, so they're showing the playrooms, they're talking about safety and cleanliness and those sorts of things. And you could see she, at one point she goes, you know, these mattresses are going to get a workout. And she's like, I hope the laundry does too, right? Because they yeah. all had sheets on them. And I thought, okay, fair. It's, it's actually something I would think. Then she went down and they were talking about the signs that were all around Nin. And we did not go to Nin, have never been to Nin. Actually, I was talking to someone this past weekend about their experience at Naughty in New Orleans and what it was like. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, it may be too much for us. And the advice that I got was you just kind of got to take it and make it your own and not go and try and have somebody else's experience it at Naughty. Um, that's anywhere you go with a club, a, yeah. a resort, what have you. It needs to be your own. Right. So having never been to Nin, it was, I mean, it was pretty amazing looking at how big those playrooms were and how many playrooms. It was like what she said, like 20,000 square feet or something. Yeah of playrooms, which is just amazing to me. But they were talking about the consent signs. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. Mm, everywhere. And it was talking very much about verbal consent. Silences and consent, I think, was one of the signs I saw. And I thought that was really interesting because when we first started, I understood that consent was important, but it felt disruptive. I hadn't quite figured out how to maneuver my way through verbal consent and still be sexy. I'm getting there. It makes one of us. <laughs> but asking someone when I'm giving a lap dance, is this okay? And having them come back yeah, and go, happened. oh, yes. Right. And making sure that their spouse is okay. Like, but I'm a rule follower, right? So like, I kind of have to ask permission. It can be very natural now for me. And, you know, as you transition through play, like, are you okay with this? And, you know, there's some, you can say it in a sexy way and get a sexy response back. I think at some point we'll have a whole conversation about consent because we have a lot to say on that topic. thought that it was interesting that they spent some time in the special talking about consent. Mm -hmm. I do too. I like some of the little things she picked up on just walking through the hotels of these couples seem happy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, everything we've been to, that is the case. And that think that's not what she expected no I'm not sure that she knew what to expect but I think think that there were she had several surprises in how she thought about what what was going on what the activities were one of the other couples was doing a one of the workshop we can come here to Nin or in this lifestyle and shed the conventions of daily life yeah that was good and I thought that's part of it that's not all of it but that's part of it I think that's a really insightful one of the other things I thought was really funny was she's like, let's go check out the pool. <laughs> no, let's don't. And her face, <laughs> the which, face was just classic. Oh, gosh. She walked up. So she walked up to the doors of the pool at the hotel and the camera person was following behind her. And she's like, oh, no. And her eyes were really big. And so then, you know, they kind of show her walking away and talking about how that was not G-rated or I can't remember if she said it was R-rated or whatever. And as she turns the corner, somebody's coming out of one of the hotel rooms. A man is coming out of one of the hotel rooms, like backing out, buck naked, right? Yeah. You can just see kind of half of his body. You can see his butt. And then they, they, you know, so then the camera turn, you know, the camera person turns the corner. And there, and Lisa Ling is just like, oh my gosh, that just happened, right? It was just, you, 
the expression on her face was it was it was delightfully funny. I enjoyed just it. Just like the expression on our face the first time we were in some place like that. Right. Did we really just see that? Did that really happen? They do a segment where she's walking through the playrooms and she's in a looks like a long satin button up sleep shirt, but it hits her like just above her knees, like kind of mid thigh and these little bunny slippers. She fit in really cracked well. me up. She was, you could tell she was really nervous. And so she was walking through with Jackie, of course, no cameras, but they had her mic on for a while I and mean, they didn't, you know, you heard some of the sounds, right, that were going on. And it wasn't very long. But you can hear, you know, Jackie sort of explaining, these are the semi-private rooms, and these are, this is the BDSM room, and whatever. You know, Lisa Ling comes out, and the camera comes on. Um, you know, she's like, well, what did you think? And she said, you know, at first, I was, it was very, very awkward. Right? It was very awkward. And as, as she sort of was walking through, and she had been there for a little bit, it just sort of seemed like it was bodies doing what bodies normally do. And she said it seemed normal by the end. Yeah. Oh, and, and she said that um, no one was hurting anyone. Right. She goes, and then it seemed kind of normal. And she seemed really, it's that you can't explain it until you experience it. And then when you try to explain it, you're like, I don't, you can't explain it. I don't get why I feel this way. Like, I don't, I don't understand why it felt normal and, for the camera person who wasn't in there, it's going to seem really weird for me to say it seemed really normal, right? So um, I thought that was that was great. But then they did go through the parade at Nin. That was kind of cool. So I don't remember if it was before the parade or after the parade. They interviewed a couple who were in their 70s. And they, they wanted to be the self-described poster children. It was either sex in their 70s or swinging in their 70s. Um, and they wanted to be the poster children for doing the same in the in their 80s they'd only been in the lifestyle a couple of years he was 77 and she was 76 they'd been married for 56 years and you can just lisa ling you know she's interviewing like so what did it feel like to have you know it's been 56 years since you had somebody else touch you and how was that and and the the wife is like i didn't mind it or something like that and, and she just kind of looks at her and and the 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 husband goes on to describe, you know, how when was the last, you know, how many people have we kissed? And it's, you know, it's really hot to watch her with another guy. And you just see Lisa Ling's face. It cracks me up. And so she says, she asked them, did you go down to the playrooms? And they're like, oh, yes, we did. But it was so crowded. And he's like, so we, we walked around down there and we went back upstairs. They had, you know, the best sex ever, a great sex last night. And she, Lisa Ling looks at them and you can just see this incredulous look on her face like, last night like you had good sex you're 77 you had good sex last night it was it was not disrespectful at all it was just I can't imagine my grandparents having sex and these people who are my grandparents age are having great sex it was just it was kind of funny I just I thought the couple couple in their 70s the other thing he said was you know as people age when they lose lose their desire for their partners or desire for sex they become dumpy and grumpy well that's pretty good I got to remember that one and they said, and they both said kind of at the same time, and we're not grumpy. <laughs> and so I just loved, I thought that was absolutely adorable. And I think your favorite part was at the end when they're just kind of summarizing and Lisa Ling is sitting on the bed with her legs crossed. Oh, yeah. Getting was, ready for sleep. And she's talking about what she saw. I'm not sure it's for her. 
she says, you know, so, but here I am, I'm going to be in my room alone tonight. And then she says sort of with a straight face and dreaming about what I saw tonight. And, you know, you can tell she's like holding it for the camera to shut off. Like she's not reacting. And when she's held it for long enough that, you know, they could cut it, she pulls the pillow up to her face, starts giggling and and sort of falls on her side on the bed and is just laughing like, I can't believe I just said that. And you know she wouldn't have said it if she hadn't thought it. So it was a little bit of that embarrassed giggle, which was just hysterical. It was a good watch. So if you haven't seen it, it was Lisa Ling's This Is Life. It's about time for a Dear Jamie letter, don't you think? Yeah, sometime we really are going to have you write a letter, but this topic was still way more about me than about you. It's always about you. Always about me. But it's much more about you on this particular topic. Yeah. So why don't you kick it off? Okay. Dear Jamie, right now, everything seems so big and so important. You have strong feelings when you see injustice or unfairness or unethical behavior. You see things as black or white, right or wrong. For heaven's sakes, you just tried to get your dorm president impeached for tampering with the votes for a homecoming queen of all things. Wow. Even with just a little distance, you see that was an overreach. Trust me, when you're my age, you will just sit and shake your head and wonder why on earth were you doing that. You will come to see that with time, you see the nuances of situations. Life will teach you that there are a lot of shades of gray between the black and white. Everyone has their own story, their own journey, their own baggage. So come down from that high horse you sometimes find yourself on. Don't take yourself so seriously. Believe me, you aren't the be-all and end-all. You'll make mistakes, and you will find that life will steer you into some even deeper serious patches. Remind yourself to lighten up, laugh so hard you snort, love unconditionally, and don't let your authentic self too far out of your sight. Thanks, Jamie. That was very insightful. I appreciate you going through that. This sentiment was held by a lot of other people that we've talked to. Yeah, a lot of our tribe in general. We did take our podcast equipment to Mexico with us and Got strip searched at the Mexican border. That's we almost, yeah. We did. They opened up our bags and did not understand what certain boxes were. What's this? No, I know, right? So there's literally the picture of the microphone stand. I'm like, it's a microphone stand. And she looks at me. I'm like, and the big, I mean, our box of, for our microphone was huge. She's like, and what is this? It's a microphone. So she opens up the box and I'm like, Doesn't oh my gosh. Opens up the next box. That's... It, that, that was exactly the same. What's this? Is this a microphone? No, that's a vibrator. <laughs> do, do. Okay. They clear look plastic a lot bags. Like, yeah, yeah, clear, clear plastic, plastic bags. bags. Now so, we know. Now we know. We schlep the podcast equipment down to um, Desire, down through the hot Mexican airport and in the heat. And talked. we talked with our tribe the week we were there. And we did not actually, I did not actually pull the equipment out and set it up until Friday, our last day there. I'm like, if we're going to do, like we schlepped this down, we got strip searched by Mexican Customs. We have got to record. We cannot get out of here without recording something. We had several of our of our tribe do recordings and we were holed up we had the room right outside the pool which was convenient although you can hear some background noise of some partying going on there was a party at the pool i don't know if you knew that i, I heard that um, you heard that I, I didn't get to 
didn't get to partake of much no, of it. it was a good time, just saying. But we have two... I was the creepy dude at the pool. <laughs> you were the creepy dude at the pool again. Again. We, we have over two hours of material. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's we, really good stuff. We, we have partitioned some of it out. We just used a snippet or two this time, but we've got some stuff for some later episodes. Thank you all who participated. Absolutely. And I will say to Scarlett and Rhett, you're one couple who didn't make it into this podcast, but that's because you had such great things to say on other topics that I want to save your stuff for future podcasts. These were a, a couple that we met that were um, yellow band. So their very first time at the resort. We Wonderful actually t- people. Yes, they were amazing people. So Scarlett and Rhett, you're just going to have to listen to the next episode or two to see where you show up. Uh, there we go. That's how we're going to hook our listeners is we're just going to record them and then not ever play never, them never and just play keep it. telling just them keep it's going to come. It. Yeah, so, so I've got smarticles. Okay. But for those who are in this podcast, we do this time, I believe we have Jennifer and Enrique and Natasha. That's right. Thank you very much, guys, for your time that you took away from the Sunny Resort. Again, here we're going to play the audio. I apolo- I'm not even going to apologize. I was going to say that I apologize for the sound, but here's what I'm going to say. You can live vicariously through the extraneous sounds. Here they are. We're going to play the audio and we'll come back and talk to you. So we have... Jennifer is first. So we have Jennifer, Enrique, and Natasha. So first we're going to play the snippet that Jennifer gave us. One of the things that we talk about on our podcast is what we would tell our 20-year-old selves. Advice we would give. Not that we would necessarily listen to it, but what advice would we give our 20-year-old self? So what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? So I think in general what most people would say is, is what I would echo Um, And that's to just, you know, let things happen, be a little more secure in yourself, be a little more confident, um, and not really worry about the small things. So so don't sweat the small stuff. How long did it take you to figure that out? Um, Really probably only about five years ago. So probably in the 20-year range. Interesting. I I was more confident in my 30s than in my 20s, more confident in my 40s, um, and now I'll either be more confident later on or I have reached the spot that's that's the sweet spot. And that's that's really cool because I, I think it's a journey, right? I think Absolutely. we discover that. But So did you take yourself too seriously when you were young? Yes, I think so, and the world in general, mm-hmm. not just myself, but the world in general. Um, you just become more aware of what's important as you have a little more experience and age behind you. Mm-hmm. So. When you're 20, your experiences are limited, so they um, just kind of statistically, they count more. So when there's twice as many experiences, they just they just have less impact, I think. So it seems, you know, like think about when you went to the prom when you were in high school. That was a huge deal, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, after you're married, you know, in a wedding, then the prom seems, you know, diminished by comparison. So then come on to childbirth and then, you know, super sexy vacations and and then your wedding starts to become not less important, certainly, but just the lens that you see it through is a little different. So it's not the marriage that becomes less important. It's the it's the wedding, I think, is right. Opposite. Mm -hmm. So the marriage becomes more important and the actual ceremony becomes less. But we stressed out over that. Yes, immensely. And every detail had to be important. And, you know, my cake wasn't perfect, wasn't exactly what I wanted. But at the end of the day, I was still married. That's funny. So your cake wasn't perfect. So now we're going to have this conversation because <laughs> this is just interesting stuff. And we'll figure out where this will fit in somewhere. Um, so your cake wasn't perfect. How was it not perfect? Well, I had <clears throat> wanted flowers between each layer. And I really think things get more beautiful as time goes on. Like, so cakes now are gorgeous, mm-hmm, right? Right. So my cake was 
it was fine at the time. I thought it was groovy great. But in, in, in the moment, I wanted to not see the pole between the layers. I wanted flowers all in there. When I got there, the, we walked in the reception room and, I mean, you know, danced or whatever. But the first thing I noticed was I can see the pole. You know, the florist didn't put all my flowers on there. And then that thought went away and the rest of the day happened and it was all good. Mm-hmm. But I do remember my cake not being exactly how I wanted it. And, you know, here we are tw- almost 25 years later, still married. Cake it, wasn't perfect. Right. So the funny thing is my flowers weren't right. The, my bridesmaids' flowers. My bouquet was beautiful. Mm-hmm. They, the, my my uh, attendants' flowers were awful. Not what you wanted. Not what I wanted. And so we literally tore them apart. And recraft them, them that mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I can remember my sister. That was that was her job. She's like, I've got this. So actually, we have like, and, and it was they were okay once mm-hmm. we did them. I think I have two pictures with the flowers in them because I so hated. So only it. your memory is is what you have here. There's really right. not a whole lot of evidence of these horrible flowers. Absolutely not, and <laughs> nobody else even noticed. noticed. Like, yep, they were only not what you wanted. Not. Right. right. They weren't yeah. hideous like yeah. I thought they were. Right. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Anything else you want to add? Otherwise, I will let you get back to being naked by the pool. Absolutely. I'm good. All right. Thanks. Next up's the uh, male representation for this week. It's uh, Enrique. Enrique. Oh, you do that way better. <laughs> Enrique. Enrique. You got you to roll you it. You do it. <laughs> Hi, Enrique. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's How beautiful, are you? It's a beautiful day in paradise. Yes, it is. It is an absolute beautiful day in paradise. So... What would you tell your 20-year-old self? Wow. I could probably uh, write a book, uh, you know, looking back. uh, But probably the biggest thing I would say is um, uh, not to to take myself so serious. Smile a lot. Look at people in the eye. Be honest. And um, enjoy myself. But... um, you know, I feel that I was uh, I was maybe a little too structured when I was 20. So I would say, you know, hey, just just enjoy yourself, confidence, and um, you have everything that can rule the world. So go out and do it. So did you did you so did you take yourself too seriously, or were you just more serious? Do you know what I mean? Kind of a combination, where I felt that um, I had to be serious. Okay. Might have been family dynamics. Okay, at sure. the time, right? But um, I, I was uh, maybe too self-conscious, so I held, I held everything back in and just serious from uh, probably from birth. Interesting. And, uh, it's taken me many, many years to realize that I can let go. So is that something, did, do you have to, well, so think about as, as you transitioned, because um, what I see now in your behavior is what you're trying to tell your 20 year old self to be right so obviously it was a process was that something that you had to consciously change how you thought about things did you have to consciously say okay you know i'm now i'm being too serious so i have to i have to make sure i do something different was it deliberate i guess it it was deliberate um mostly uh by looking at uh, many of my friends how they were enjoying themselves Mm -hmm. and how they could uh just be out there and yeah, after a while, I just forced myself to uh, be out there and be myself. And, and now today, I'm who I want to be. Okay, so we talk a lot about being our authentic self. I talk a lot about being our, my authentic self. It's sort of the chapter of my life I'm in, right? I want to be my authentic self. So you said you were serious from birth, but this is who, you, who you're supposed to be. 
So do you think you are self-changed or did, I mean, I just find that's an interesting thought. You know, you, you, you start by saying I've been serious since birth. Talk to me a little bit about that. Cause I don't know that I, I, I get that. Um, I, I guess before I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. Okay. 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 Not somebody that I really aspired to be. Okay. Does it, does that make more it, sense? It does. It does. So even though you were serious from birth, it was likely shaped way more by your environment than your innate personality. Yes. Ah, got it. Okay. Yes. I got it. Bingo. So was there somebody who you would you would look at, a, a friend, a relative, some, was that somebody you just you knew? Was it somebody you only knew from a distance? How did you identify that's the kind of person I want to be? Or was it a conglomeration? It was actually a lot of different individuals okay. that, and situations that um, started happening in my uh, mid to late 30s into my mid 40s where um, I met a, a new crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I unfortunately distanced myself from people I thought were my friends. Okay. And I surrounded myself with just people that wanted to enjoy life mm-hmm. and gave me the confidence to do the same thing. Interesting. Like be here in paradise. Yeah, be here in paradise. It doesn't get much better than this. It does not. It, except if you weren't sitting in front of a microphone and you'd be back out on your beach bed. So Bingo. I can let you do this. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Otherwise, I will let you get back to it. No, I, I, I really don't. Um, also, trust in God was another big part of my transformation as well. So. Awesome. We could probably spend a lot of time talking about that. Maybe yes. some other time because you need to get back to your beach bed. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Last up is Natasha. We love Natasha. Here she is. Yeah, here she is. What would you tell your 20-year-old self? What pieces of advice, what what kinds of things would you tell your 20-year-old self? I think life is a process. And sometimes when we're 20, we think of it as an end game. Mm. So we think of the goal, you know, that happens yeah. like yeah. in a football game or uh, a baseball. You know, it's, it's that that's what's important when it's actually going around the basis that makes the difference. Hmm. It's actually running down the field. It's the, it's the resources and skill set you have to keep moving it yard by yard going ahead. Um, and that's where the success happens. The success happen, doesn't happen at the end. Do you think your 20-year-old self would get that? My 20-year-old self was afraid. Hmm. My 20-year-old self felt like she had not measured up, that she didn't have a, the best start, that she was running behind, that she would lose out, hmm. that she wouldn't be able to do a good job. So my 21-year-old or 20-year-old self mm-hmm. didn't know who she was yet and didn't understand that living life is the process of finding that out. So I would tell her to calm down. I would. I would say just, just calm down and take a deep breath and relax because my 20-year-old self didn't know how to do that. She was too scared. Interesting. And did that, so you said that was a process. Mm-hmm. Was there a pivotal moment or was that just a process? I mean, a, and a process is a process. I would actually, I would say, um, so I'm 51 minus six, so 45, 45 or 46. That kind, that came, well, what people classically call a midlife life crisis. It's just like the shit hit the fan in so many different areas all at once. And in the areas that count, because I believe life really is just about relationship. Mm-hmm. 
So it was just all these different relationships. They were hard. They were ugly. They weren't going the way I had thought they were going to go. My expectations that if I did a good job, I'd get a result, like with my children even. Just nothing, nothing went well. Uh And it was the explosion of all of that that really like forced me to let go of everything that I had. I was holding so tightly to those things and I didn't know it. Yeah, no, that was, that was great. That was great. There's so much here. There's so much here to unpack. So much here to unpack. Which is great. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So what I find really interesting is that this was such a common theme with the people I talked to. I, I mean, I had a I had a wonderful time. So you guys only heard a snippet of what I recorded with each person. Um, and I know I was you were the creepy guy in the pool waiting for me. There was a lot of people who didn't think you were just recording, by the way. Well, the so Natasha, we actually did in our room. And the echo is so bad on those. And I was like, we recorded for a long time which is why everybody thought we had moved from podcasting to play. Really, 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 we just podcast. She is just mm-hmm. into, he, she is just so incredibly insightful and smart. And yeah, I just, I respect the hell out of her. And uh, so, so after having spent, you know, time in my room, I'm like, I don't want to be stuck in the room anymore. So I literally moved it out onto the uh, patio. That's the word, the patio. Um, and just kept bringing people up to our patio. And I had actually, it was funny. So I put a sheet over the stuff when I wasn't there, you know, and I actually was doing the initial recording and somebody who I'm not even sure who it was. I had seen him around the resort, but it wasn't somebody that we had actually talked to. And he goes, do you have a radio show? No, it's a podcast. And so we actually talked about it. I handed him one of the cards. I was like, oh, I'll give it a listen. So if you're the guy Hope you're listening. Hope you enjoy it. But we moved it outside. But then we had all that background noise with the whistles and the music. And, you know, sort of once things started up, we had to stop. So we we were out fairly early on Friday morning to get it done. But I was really surprised by the theme. And I think so it was really interesting with Jennifer when we were talking and her comment that, you know, when you're young, you have a limited number of experiences. So everything seems bigger. It's a bigger percentage. It is a bigger percentage. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that was, that struck me, that resonated with me because that's how I was, right? As, as a young woman, I wasn't, I, I really did try to get our dorm president impeached for vote, did. It was really fun. voters tampering on the homecoming queen. I mean, Come on. I know, right? Come on. What was I thinking? And he didn't even really tamper with the votes. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but it seemed so big and unjust and unfair at the time. And that was kind of where I operated. I mean, I was, I get why the Gen Z or whatever, I get that, you know, we're going to fight. That's how I was. I was. You were piss and vinegar. I was piss and vinegar. I was. Still are at times, but then tenfold. I mean, it was everything I took myself so seriously. Like You wanted to fight to fight. I did a little bit, mm-hmm. but I always, I always felt like I was fighting the right fight. I didn't necessarily pick a fight, but if I saw something that I didn't think was right, I fought about it. You were kind of an activist in your own mind. <laughs> I was an activist in my own mind. That's exactly what I was. 
I was ne- I was never the environmentalist, but I was very women's rights. In fact, I thought I would be a politician. I actually thought I would be I a politician too. one day. You tried to make it happen getting somebody impeached. <laughs> After I started this podcast and living this lifestyle, I knew that I was not going to have a life in yeah, politics. Our, your chances are way less now. That's right. Not so much. Not so much, but that's okay. That's not I don't I don't want to do that. But I did. I took myself really very seriously. You were serious, but you didn't take yourself I didn't as seriously take as I did. Seriously. No. I was serious with what I was doing, but stuff rolled off of me. It still does. Mm-hmm. Um it's good and bad. It always has. Mm-hmm. Bugs you at sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Bugs others too. So <laughs> got that going for me. But sometimes it also I need not to have fuel on the fire because I, I do. I mean, I still get that way. It's interesting. So I, I we've been talking about this particular topic for a while before we went down to Pearl. Certainly once I heard the recording, I knew this was the episode we were going to do next as we were sort of planning out our episodes. So I wrote this letter to myself. And if you look at it, there's literally, so outside of places where I couldn't read my own writing and I had to re- write it so I understood what it said. I literally have three things I marked out. Mostly they were words. And one time I'm like, "Mm, that's not where I want to go, which is really unusual for these letters because I usually am like squirreling all over the place. This was a stream of consciousness that I wrote in five minutes because it resonated so much with me. This letter to yourself is kind of the premise of what led to this whole podcast theme. Yeah. This was, it's an underline in all of our episodes. You know, the, the idea of... Don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. And, and authentic life, right? That's the, I mean, that, that's the crux of it. And, and I think while I wouldn't say that I'm Enrique, where I was serious since birth, I did grow up in a house where we fought to fight. We did. We really did. We fought to fight. You guys were good at it. And interestingly to enough... To this day, I have not won an argument. And I've at least know to concede early. That's right. <laughs> it's not worth the fight. The one time I did win one, that's because you fell asleep. <laughs> I claim victory. It's true, but it's yeah. funny. <laughs> so the interesting thing, right, is we talk about time and maturity and going back to what Jennifer said about having a finite number of experiences to draw on when you're young, right? And as you move through life, the things that were important or such a big deal, like flowers on a cake or flowers in a bouquet, in retrospect, and you go, "Mm," in the grand scheme of things, I ended up married, and what did it matter that the flowers weren't right? Yeah. So there is something to be said about how life experience and having those number of experiences really is what leads to the maturity. And Natasha and I spent probably, oh, I'd bet 15 minutes talking about how mature, how maturity is a journey and we'll figure out some place to use it because it's, it was gold. It was gold. The first 15 minutes we recorded, we, I, I really probably would have edited 30 seconds total out of that first 15 minutes and mostly it's my so's yeah that's my transition word i edit out all of the podcasts but you know i think the the idea of taking myself less seriously and getting back to my authentic life is why we're here tonight recording this because it's it's not so much about whether i take myself too seriously or what other people think of me or you know whether it's black and white cuz i have just come to learn that nothing is black and white 
I, I have not, I'm, I, I realize that at my age, I can't think of one thing that I can go, it's black or it's white. I see the gray everywhere. When did you realize that? It's pro- where I really understood it, probably just in the last three to four years. Really? I think so. I think I saw the gray. I, I, I was seeing the gray, but I don't think I realized that what I used to see as black and white, I now saw as the continuum of black to white, not black or white. Mm-hmm. It was It's that full continuum of of life experience, of stories, of motivations. So I wonder if part of this is that lifestyle has opened me more to the gray because I don't, I still am a rule follower. I can, I still think consent is sexy, right? But I will do things because it's what I want to do as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. So for instance, when we were down in Nashville last weekend, mm-hmm. angel wings that are uh, painted on that dark, gray black wall in Nashville very famous um, wings you see them all over social media and the very first time I saw them it was it was at night and I thought oh white lingerie with those angel wings would be an incredible picture right and that was a year and a half ago and so when we were down in Nashville I deliberately took white lingerie and it was freaking cold oh my gosh it was so cold but we actually were staying right down in the gulch by the wings next door and so we actually get into airbnb so we literally came back after hanging out with some friends and it was i don't know maybe two two o'clock in the morning or so it was after that yeah it was about two o'clock in the morning and i'm like we're doing this like even before we left the bar where we were at with the friends i'm like we're good i'm gonna go home i'm gonna change into the lingerie and so we actually snuck down in my wool coat i was warm until i had to take my coat off and my lingerie in a robe, and there was, of course, nobody out. It was 2 o'clock in the morning on a Friday or Saturday morning, and we did some pictures with the wings in Nashville. And they were awesome. <laughs> they were awesome. We'll have to put one up on our social media account. I don't know if it'll be Twitter or Instagram, so you have to check out both. Mm-hmm. I am way less about I, I wouldn't have done that. I would have thought about it five years ago. I absolutely would have thought about it five years ago. When it was a bucket list item even a year ago and well, it wasn't a big one. No. But it was one you thought about and you did it. Right. And you wouldn't have done that three years no, ago. No, I wouldn't have done it. And and I think it's because I don't take myself so seriously. So I feel like we maybe have talked enough. What do you think? I think so. I think we should go on to sexy stories. I think it's about time. For I think sexy it's about stories. time. So I know you have picked out the sexy story for today. So let's move on to the sexy story. A sexy story happened not long ago. Um, let me let me preface one of our favorite things in the lifestyle first. We love sexy banter. We love sexy, flirty interactions face to face. Twitter, different types of social media, kit groups, MeWe, texts, all the above. We just like that fun, sexy banter. Mm-hmm. We always have, and it always energizes us. I'll just kind of set the stage there. But for our story, I want to give a little backstory because this has a pretty long lead-in. The lead-in goes back about six or seven months, and we were oh, we had multiple threads of things going on with groups from our travel, travel to Mexico groups in Kick. We had some things going on in Twitter, uh, different different types of things, just 
fun, fun banter all over the place. And we, with a couple of the groups, we had some sidebars with the four couples or the two couples, four of us. And they were really sexy, flirty, fun pictures of just random funny things, gifs, gifs, whatever they're called. But we had a really entertaining bout, I'll say, with, with three different couples. And that even led to more. I mean, you took the lead on some of those with the men in the groups, which was even fun. Your, your face would light up when something would come through because it would just it would just energize us. If it was a Friday night before you and I were going to play and something came in, it just set the tone and made for a really sexy evening and Saturday and Sunday and whatever else would be in the, in, in the, in the mix. With those three couples, the ones we'd interact with, one of them we had met on vacation mm-hmm. and, and, and you knew that. The others we were going to be meeting up again with and with the banter, I liked that when something would come in, whether it be text, usually something in kick, uh, Twitter, that your face would light up. And I could tell amongst the hundreds of messages you would get from work, friends, I could tell the ones when your sexy friends mm-hmm. would come in by the look on your face. You've definitely got some tells. Yeah, I got to tell. And it made you mad because I could usually tell. Sometimes you were really wrong, though. Yeah, not very often. Ninety-five percent, but sometimes you were yeah. really wrong, and that actually just made me laugh harder. You did well. Then it got you even got more mad when the three groups. I could even distinguish by a look on your face which of the groups were we were talking to, or you were talking to. Mm-hmm. That made you really mad. Um, there was one in particular where the banter was just so fun, and the gentleman was so funny that you were interacting with. Your face would light up. And, and I kept, oh, she's talking to so-and-so again. And one point in this really innocent voice, one night, you're like, I have a confession to make. This was in the bathtub. It was in the bathtub. Because I, I know exactly where you're going. And yes. this was in the bathtub. We were taking yes. one of our baths together. She's like, I have to admit, I've got a Twitter crush. I did. And my response was, well, I know. <laughs> Duh. It's been going on a while. I said, but the fun part for me is because you've had banter on Twitter and in kit groups, you don't realize this is the same person that's in the other group. No, it's not. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> actually, you're like, no way. She's like, you actually know that person. And I've known for about two or three months. I just wanted to see if you could figure it out. So we, we've kind of got the, the Twitter crush going on here. And that made the banter even more fun. You're like, oh kind of remember who this person is we hadn't seen them in months we met them on vacation and it was a vacation when you were kind of in a bad headspace and weren't remembering a lot of what was going on that week vanilla life bled into vacation it, it wasn't did. much of a vacation it did it was it a kinda... pretty significant vanilla life bleed so yeah, yeah. It, it was some things going on and, and you were having a tough time place and and i remember so it's interesting i remembered the wife mm-hmm Yes, it's hard to forget. But re- not so much. I remembered her because I just she had some funny stories, and I remembered yes, the did. stories, and yeah. so I remembered them as a couple. But she was more. I I just remembered her more. So with yes, with him. So so I'm I'm reminding him like you're gonna remember him. I don't know. I'm like no, you're gonna remember him. And why I say that? I mean, in my entire life, there's probably been a half dozen to a dozen men that I've looked at and going. Mm. That's a good looking dude. This was one of those. 
but the 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 best part was we were going to be seeing this couple in, in two or three weeks mm-hmm. on on a at a party. Yep. So that led to some very interesting anticipation and banter of it was it was almost like a blind date. It was a kind was because kind of. you you hadn't remembered pieces of that no. so that and, and that's on me just so no, no, no. i can be clear that's completely on me it's not that he wasn't memorable it was it was just it was, that i was just it was just a really really bad headspace and I, like i said i remembered her much more i i can remember from that vacation because we met oh a dozen couples that i'm like oh that was such a bad first impression they'll never talk to us again and they're some of our best friends all over the place to this day yeah well Um, that just goes to show how important i am in those relationships i'm not (laughs) (laughs) i'm the creepy guy in the pool yeah i guess creepy guy in the pool works anyway that kind of sets the stage for for the story of the banter that led up to us meeting them at a party Mm -hmm. that was the lead-in which was fun banter I, i i loved in the back of my head that I knew all along that you were you were having two different conversations in your head with people and you didn't know it was the same person. I just that was fun for me. Pissed you off when you found out, but bastard. Especially since I knew for a couple three months. Yeah. I would actually say that all of that banter is part of the sexy story. Oh, it is. Because I it mean is. for us that's the that that's a key. Again, I have a few things that just are I have one thing that's my kryptonite, but I'm not talking about that until someone else figures it out. Um, That's not true. We have had somebody figure it out because that's when I realized that was my kryptonite. But a sense of humor and laughing and joking is all about. For both of us. It's it's the flirting is part of the lead up. When we got to the party and we actually beforehand at at the hotel, when they came in the door, the look on your face, actually the first words of your mouth when you saw him were, oh shit, of like, oh, I remember him now. Um, and you you lit up like a like a kid at Christmas. Yeah, it's like oh that was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. But it was it was good to see them again, and it all came rushing back of oh I remember them now. Up to this point, we haven't talked about Vanessa at all. Well, that's and, not true. I told you Vanessa was the one I remembered. Okay, I haven't talked about her yet. <laughs> you haven't talked about her yet, but oh yeah, maybe not, I mentioned her. Not forgotten. <laughs> no. Um, because. When she hit the door and came in, and I hadn't seen her in almost a year, before I could even process a thought, saw her, the first words out of my mouth, and I don't know that they even heard it, I just went, damn. <laughs> I'm like, I don't say that like that very no. often. I turned into Will Smith out of nowhere. Damn. They are so incredibly sexy, but they're they're fun. And it was at that point, because we had an entire day with them. Mm-hmm. And we got to get to know them better. We got the sexy banter, but the the chemistry from the get-go was just electric. It, it was. It was one of those that, and it was, it was funny because I would see pictures. You would stalk them. I stalk, and, I, stalk every, I, I research everyone. You research everybody. And I was just, I, like, well, it the, was just The flat. pictures we saw, had, you know, they had hats on and didn't. Yeah, but it, for me, it was more. Wasn't real. It, so they're they're incredibly sexy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not just about how they look, mm-hmm. right? There is an aura mm-hmm. that the two of them have. It's an energy. It is an energy, and that's that's what's missing. They 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 energize us. They do. It's it's very electric, as I all I can think. But but it's an energy of just. Poof. So we get dressed and go to the party, and 
the four of us were together for I don't know, several hours, but it was great just getting to know each other, sexy talk, getting closer and closer because it was still still kind of first date kind of thing. It was. Uh, it was for me. But yeah, even though the the two couples, you know, I was paired off with Vanessa and you were with Wade and we weren't more than two or three feet apart, but the two of you, I get to watch you just kept getting closer and closer face to face Mm -hmm. and you're shorter. So you were looking up at him a little Mm -hmm. bit and it was just this smile and glow. And, you know, it was almost like watching, you know, the magnets when they're pushing apart until you first touched. Mm -hmm. It was like, um, again, great chemistry. And it, it was fun. And going into this, I mean, even before you know, on on the trip over, we had no expectations. We we just wanted to get to meet them, and we had hopes. I mean, mm-hmm. they they had hints that there was potential for play, but I will say there are no two people in the world worse at reading hints than you and I. I know we'll I mean, talk about that. Good some and other bad, time. we're pretty clueless. We need so to talk about like, that some other time. Don't yeah, go too far down that don't rabbit go, hole. Go too far, but yeah. it quickly led to. Him pulling you in, some kissing. I was kissing her. He did do one of my favorite poses. So there was there was a pole at the party. One time he was sort of just leaning back and we're having this conversation. And, you know, so there's just something about a guy leaning against a wall. I actually, that's, it's really kind of sexy. It sounds really crazy. I don't know. Y'all can make fun of me later. But so he did that. But then after the kind of conversation moved, we had moved in. I had my back up against the the pole, and he did that lean in, mm-hmm. like you know, hand above my head, mm-hmm. leaned in, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I really like this." And it's, it was just, but because we had such a long span to really get to know each other and spend time together, that was that was the that was the great part is we we got to do that sort of flirty build up that you don't always get the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. So I will, I haven't even described Vanessa yet. No, you haven't. Again, quick-witted, funny, smart, incredibly sexy, but an energy like none I've ever seen. And it's a quiet energy. Mm-hmm. In, oh, but she's in, my instigator. In, oh, yeah. Intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find her to be one of the sexiest people I've ever met, and it's the whole package. Mm-hmm. And the chemistry there with her is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Actually, with the four of us is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably, well, not the first time, but it was probably the most intense chemistry we've come across. There have been very few times where we have been hit like almost immediately with an intense four-way connection. Mm-hmm. We tend to build to that four-way connection, right? So the the longer I get to know somebody, the sexier they are, which mm-hmm. when you start at such a high bar, it Mm-hmm. It starts to be a little mind bending, but that's that's how I generally operate, right? The four way sort of instantaneous thing doesn't happen to us very often, and it just built up from that, and that was, yeah, that was great. Of course, I just realized I haven't I haven't described Wade either. I did, but why don't, why don't well, you, you? Yeah, you just told you know he's just one of those dudes that you know that you find hot and and he is. So here's what I will say. I am really bad at this. I am really bad at describing other people. I don't I don't use my words that way. And he's the opposite. He's very free with the words and the compliments and I'm just not 
wordy, which is really hard to believe because I talk so much on the podcast. I guess what I should say is, wait, if you're listening to this, it's not that you're not sexy with great eyes and that sort of impish smile that just is enough to make me, you know, want to kiss it off your face. But I don't do a good job of using my words to do that. Mm-mm. I don't. And so, and and it's interesting. I don't know if they know to this day. I mean, like. I know. And, and we talk to them all the time. I know, which is why I sort of felt like I had to say it because it's not personal, right? I just don't. I am much more of a tactile body language. I will send every signal I can without my words that I find somebody attractive or I'm enjoying myself or whatever. So I'm not good with words either. And even this transition is I'm trying to kind of go with how can we take this and not sound like a poorly written erotica (laughs) and and somewhere between that and Dear Penthouse. So after we had some of this chemistry and things were going really well, you, you and you and Vanessa connected equally. You know, we we talk about you and Wade and me and Vanessa, but you you and Vanessa have chemistry too. Yeah. And she's adorable. Yes. And on the dance floor, there was one of our friends, a gentleman that we we've known a while, comes up and kind of dares you. Hey, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. Well, you were just buzzed enough, mm-hmm. stripped off the dress with nothing underneath, right on the floor. You were the only one. Mm-hmm. And, well, kind of shocked him, kind of just put him in his place. But he, he did go pantsless. He did. Because um, I wasn't about to let him get away no. with not. But the best part of that is Vanessa, I like that dress. She took off her dress and put your dress on, mm-hmm. and you swapped dresses. Mm-hmm. I, I was amazed with... Two different sized people. The, the were dresses com- were awesome on both. Completely different dresses. Yes. They're very sexy. Very different styles, but though. The, I mean. But that was very fun. Mm-hmm. And um, watching you two kiss was very fun. Mm-hmm. She's so, a good kisser. Yeah. And we had several interactions for the next, you know, just getting to know them. And at one point, the, 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 the two girls, you and Vessa, walked away. And, and, and Wade was pretty clear, you know, there's consent here. I'm like, I felt good about that. I haven't been reading these signs that totally wrong. <laughs> <You're> so suck because <laughs> we do suck at this. But at some point, we ended up in the pool. Mm-hmm. In the pool, and I'd paired off with her. You'd paired off with him, and it kind of the lighting was just perfect. It almost looked like the kind of that backlit blue lighting from Wild Things. You know, it was like, oh, this is sexy, just the lighting. But I was watching you two, and you were really getting into it, and. Vanessa and I just started getting to. She's a great, great kisser. Mm-hmm. And I watched she, that. Yeah, and we weren't there more than four or five minutes, and she gave me a look that was, it was intense. Of now, so we went upstairs. Actually, she grabbed my hand, pulls me through the pool, and I tap you on the shoulder. Uh, we're gonna go now. <laughs> like what? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this was going well. What are you doing? <laughs> I was um, having a great time. I had my legs were. wrapped around his waist so, in the pool. It was great. Um, she had a sense of urgency, which mm-hmm. I appreciated. Took off running naked back to the room, which I'm like, well, I got to get a key. <laughs> so, so I had a key and was running naked to our room, which was very humorous and a first for me. It was a first for I me, too. It was first and last at this point. Um, never say never. Never say never. Yes. But we got back to the room and... You and Wade were on one bed, and Vanessa and I were on another, and it was just so steamy. I liked, I like watching you for one. I liked watching the two of you. It was just he hit a lot of buttons. I got to watch you smile in a very sexy interchange. Mm-hmm. That was 
that was awesome. Conversely, watching Vanessa lay on the bed naked and me above her was one of the sexiest. Like the, she was the, in the, the moment. En- the energy she carries, and I think we, we, both. we both had it going, hmm. um, was hmm. and so much fun. Mm-hmm. You played, we played multiple times, and then we converged all in the same bed. Well, that was sort of after, like we, we I had tapped out by that point. <laughs> Drop the mic. I was like, I'm done. Like, really? I just, I'm, thank you. Multiple orgasms. I'm good. I need some time. And I think Wade got up and went to the bathroom and I was looking over at you guys over on the bed and you guys had finished and, and Vanessa and I sort of locked eyes. And so she comes slinking up onto my bed and we just enjoyed our afterglows together. So we really kind of curled up. We intertwined our legs, right? We were just sort of laying there going, okay, this was really a great night. And, you know, we were whispering to one another and, and it was, that was just a lovely way to end. That was a really, really good night. It was a great lots night. of fun. And it was fun. Wade and Vanessa, thank you for a wonderful evening. Absolutely. A wonderful day. Absolutely. The whole day. And, and I would even go further to say, thank you for your ongoing friendship. Yeah. Well, that was a really sexy story. Yeah, it was it was very sexy. Yeah, thanks for telling that one. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. I like remembering. Yes. That's part of what this is about too, right? So on that note, I think it's about time to uh, call it a night. Let's do. Let's do. Good night, Paul. Good night, Jamie. Let's go play. Let's play. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the New With Tags podcast. We love having you in our tribe. Follow us on Twitter at New With Tags Pod. Or you can email us at newwithtagspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find sexy pictures of Jamie on Instagram as New With Tags Podcast. Now, go out there and live your most authentic lives. Seize the day. <laughs>